this is your Beauty Bind Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth. This is where conscious parenting and relationships meet intentional living. Connect with me at the Thriving Parent website, your digital sanctuary for mindful parenting and personal growth, featuring The Alchemist Parent, an interactive magazine designed exclusively for parents like you who are living with intention. Inside, discover a treasure trove of resources from a parenting advice column to guest articles, meditations, exclusive podcast episodes, and more. Join me on this journey where conscious parenting blends seamlessly with a purposeful life. Welcome to Relationship Redefined. Uh, Today we have Tamara Fox. She is a multi-certified health and wellness coach who draws on personal resilience to guide clients on transformative journeys. From surviving near death to overcoming familiar challenges, she empowers individuals to conquer obstacles and realize their potential. Welcome Tamara and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. First of all, I would really love to hear a little bit more about your near-death experience. Sure, absolutely. So hello to your audience first off. So I'm currently 31 today as of August 2023. In 2011, I was 19 years old and I woke up in the middle of the night to, well, I was awoken actually in the middle of the night to a masked man standing over my bed with a gun. He immediately threw a pillow over my face, which was suffocating me, and told me if I screamed, he would kill me. Yeah, so it turns out he had the wrong apartment from what oh, the detective believe and what I believe from like my conversations with him. Of course, I never saw him because he was holding a pillow to my right. face and not allowing me to move. He kept asking me where my safe was. He kept saying to me, they told me there's a safe in here. I didn't have a safe. I was 19. I worked in a restaurant and I definitely saw my life flash before my eyes. I saw my childhood. I saw memories that I didn't even know I had of things that happened when I was a kid. And I truly thought I was going to die. Like he had a gun to my head. I was like, okay, this is, this is the end. And he was in my apartment for what felt like hours. Of course, during trauma, you can't, you don't really have full comprehension of time. Right. So not sure exactly how much time he was in there, but he did rape me before he left. And he also dislocated my arm. He like pulled my arm completely out of the socket and I had bruises and cuts like all over my face and my neck from what he did. Um, I'm just very grateful that I got to live. But of course, with that, shortly after, you know, came PTSD, anxiety, depression, basically everything under the sun that you experience when you go through something very traumatic. Right. Oh my goodness. Can you tell us how you started working on healing that? It's just, you know, when somebody has experienced things similar to that, I mean, I've experienced something similar to that and nothing as traumatic, uh, but it has, you know, it took me years to be able to even be able to talk about it at all. You know, um, there was the shame, the guilt and everything else involved with that. For you to be able to talk about it in such a confident way tells me that you have been working on healing. So please tell our listeners how you've done that, <laughs> how you've gotten yeah. to where you are now. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, it's been 12 years. That's why I shared my age. Like I'm 31. This was when I was 19. Oh, okay. I'm going to be 32 soon. So it wasn't easy. So shortly after it happened, I mean, 19 years old, you're pretty, you think you're much older than you are. <laughs> you think you're, right. you're, your life that you know you've accomplished a lot but you're still 
basically a kid. You are fresh out of high school. You're doing things on your own for your first time, whether that's in college or somewhere else. And I left that experience and I mean, I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget how I like how the world felt for those first couple of days after. Like I was just in sheer shock and confusion. And I grew up in a very safe town and mm. stuff like that never happened. Like in high school and middle school and elementary school, like I, we never knew anyone who had anything like bad happen to them. That was stuff we saw on CSI or you heard about on the news. It wasn't stuff that happened to your friends or family. So when it happened, I was like, this can't be real. Like, this is the stuff we hear about or see about on TV. This isn't the stuff that happens to people we know and love or let alone ourselves. So, so much of it was shock after. And from there, I started talking about it quite a bit with friends, with family, with people I trusted. I obviously did a ton of therapy, basically all of the therapy options available. I actually wrote a blog post about, I have a blog that's on my website that goes into a lot more detail of like what I did for healing. But I started with traditional talk therapy. I did EMDR. I've done the more holistic routes, is which I've switched to over the years. I mean, at first I was obviously on a ton of prescriptions too, because I couldn't sleep. And when I did sleep, I would have panic attacks or anxiety attacks. So I'd say for the first couple of years, it was more trauma management than it was trauma healing because right. I was in such a state of disarray, confusion, so many emotions that I just had to really do the best I could to function. And that's really what I did. And I was healing in the process by going to therapy or, you know, doing what I could, but it was, I was just scratching the surface. And it wasn't until a couple of years after that I really started to make a lot of progress and started to feel better. And I think it was about the time I was 21 years old is when I really started to feel things kind of lighten up and become a little bit easier. But given my age, I couldn't be that normal 21 year old, just kind of being carefree and fun and going to the bars, not worrying. I was constantly worried about my environment, who I was with. If I was out late at night, I was scared. Like I used to not leave my house at night a lot of times and there was so much I couldn't do. So I had to live in a different way than everyone around me who was 21 years old and having fun at that time. So I had to live a different life. And as time continued to go on, I continued to find more and more ways to heal. I switched to a more holistic route. So I'm thankful that the prescriptions were there while I needed them. But then moved to, I've done a lot of supplementation for myself. Of course, I've worked with a lot of different practitioners from doctors to nutritionists and you, you name it. I've probably worked with them. <laughs> I've also done energy work and energy healing, often called, called Reiki, because mm -hmm. our body old trauma in the different organs. So yeah. I've done a lot of in that essence. I've also done neurofeedback, which helps rewire your brain to right. be in the state it's supposed to be, not in that fight, flight, freeze state that you're typically in after trauma. Obviously, talk therapy. I've done somatic therapy, which is actually releasing things through your body. And then, of course, things like diet, exercise, and a lot of the stuff I do in my health and wellness coaching. So healing to me is kind of a never-ending journey. And it's something I'll be on for the rest of my life, but I'm thankful and grateful I'm at a place today where it's very manageable. And like you said, I'm able to speak to it without the feelings being at the surface. Right. I know. I love that. And I love being able to be at a place where I can look back and say, okay, this is where I was. This is where I am now. And I can help people now where, you know, from where I was. So, yeah. you know, I, I love being able to reach other people and say, you know, you're not in this alone. And Reiki actually is one of the ways that I started really uh, 
healing myself after all of the trauma that I went through. That was like one of my go-to things. And I still use different types of energy work, but Reiki is like, you know, at the base of them. So I love energy work. I think it's an amazing modality. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many fantastic natural modalities out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm a full, I'm a full believer in prescriptions when necessary, but I'm yes. also a firm believer that they're not our long-term solution. They're a short-term fix for something like the trauma happening. So yes. again, I'm at a place where I, you know, it's been at least six or seven plus years since I've been on any prescriptions at all. I obviously tapered them off over time, but I'm at a place now where I can talk about it, whereas years ago I couldn't. And to your point, this is why I got into coaching too, was to help people because I'm now at a place that I can. Whereas when I was 22, 23, 24, um, I couldn't help people because I was still, I was still so in the thick of my healing journey that at some points I couldn't even help myself. I think I was, uh, some things that, you know, I, my sister is visiting and it kind of triggers some things from my past and it's like, wow, I can't believe, but they're memories now. It's not like trauma is being resurfaced or anything, but it's just amazing how far I've come and how, how dark it was, you know, when I was in the, you know, I felt lost in the trauma. It was just like darkness surrounding me and swirling around me and there was no way out. I'm so grateful that I was able to move past that and find all of these different healing modalities and to be able to heal and help other people. Um, Absolutely. So do you have any suggestions for our listeners who are struggling currently with their healing journey? I think it depends where they're at. As a health and wellness coach, I often work with clients who are sometimes working with a therapist and also working with me. So I'm, a, I, again, I'm a huge proponent and a huge fan of therapy, but the reason I got into coaching was because I felt like I was not seen when it came to therapy, that I was very clinical, that the person sitting across from me was just kind of hearing what I had to say. And I was like, you don't get it. You don't understand. And if you do, you're definitely not saying you do because they can't. Um, right. Clinicians, the way they have to practice is that way. But right. there is so benefit that comes out of therapy. I by no means want to bash it. Like it's, it's amazing the work that therapy can do, but I've also seen such amazing success for folks who are co-creating in a way, working with a therapist and working with a coach. Cause the therapist focuses on the past healing, what happened, helping you overcome a certain mm-hmm. experience where coaching is future focused. How do we get you to where you want to be? What does that look like? What's standing in your way from getting there? and really help holding my clients accountable for the goals that they set for themselves. So it can be an amazing experience too for somebody who's ready for that. Of course, you have to be ready for that. So if you're in the thick of a trauma experience just happened, I think the first thing you have to do is process. You have to get a therapist uh, if that's what you, the route you want to go or a doctor or whatever that may be, somebody who can help you first process. And then once you've begun the processing work, then you can do that healing kind of growth work, that next steps. I always say to people, find what works for you. I mean, it took me years to figure out exactly what was the right solutions for me. And I'm still trying new things constantly as far as supplementation or new exercise programs or new diet programs. For me, my true healing began when I looked at it at at that holistic lens. So diet, exercise, my relationships, um, my career, my health and all of my financial health, like looking at my health through, through all of those lenses, not just the lens of like that mental health, it was a huge lens, but all right. of the other lenses were just as important. So my true healing began 
when I took a holistic approach to my healing and healed everything or focused my growth and healing in all of those different areas and not just that mental health piece. That's when I really saw a change. That is incredible and so true. What advice do you have for people who are trying to support a loved one dealing with a trauma or grief? Yeah, so maybe I can give your listeners some context on grief since we haven't touched on that quite yet. So between 2016 and 2022, I lost seven people in six years. Two of those are dogs, so five people and two dogs in six years, but I count dogs as people I think most people do. So I say seven deaths in six years, two of which were last year. One was one of my brothers. He was 25 at the time of his death, and the other one was one of my best friends. She was 30 at the time of her death. And then my dad was in the height of COVID in, in 2020. So seven people in, like I said, seven seven beans in six years I lost. So grief is a very unfortunately familiar thing in my life. And it's become something I've become very accustomed to how to process and work through. So I think that's the reason why when it comes to dealing with grief and trauma, I have a lot of experience in doing so. And I think the biggest thing that I found and advice I give to others when working through grief and trauma is to not let yourself be alone because it's often the place that we go when we are in a state of shock, in a state of grief, in a state of trauma. We kind of retreat from the world and those around us and push people away or not talk to people. We don't reach out. And from what I've learned and the research I've done and everything I've uh, read, we need just the opposite. When we are going through something traumatic or we've just lost someone we love, We need people in our corner supporting us and we need to be transparent about how we feel and communicate that, which is again, where coaching and therapy can be such huge assets if you don't have a friend or family member who you can talk to. That is so very true. And it is a automatic thing where you just want to cut off and you want to kind of close yourself off and to have that support is so, so very necessary, but it means we have to open up enough to be able to have the support. (laughs) Yeah, which is why sometimes a coach or a therapist can be more comfortable. I mean, I have had a for years and sometimes we don't want, I mean, and I, I always tell people your, your friends, your family, your spouse aren't supposed to also be your therapist or your coach. They can play part of that role, but it's not their role to be your therapist or coach. So for me, like I've had a coach for years, I'll probably have a coach for the rest of my life because I love it. And my coach is in my corner when I need that person to talk to. So that, that burden, not necessarily burden, but it's for lack of better words, like that duty doesn't fall on my significant other or my friends or my family. I still talk to them, but for processing through it and talking through it on a deeper level, my, my coach is there. That is so very important. And that was actually one of the things that I experienced after I had gone through all of the trauma was that I really couldn't, didn't feel like I could or even wanted to share my deepest, darkest uh, parts of me with my family and friends, you know, my close friends, because I didn't want them to, I didn't want to unload on them. I didn't want them to truly feel all of the pain that I had felt. <laughs> yeah. And well, so, oftentimes they're going through their own pain too, exactly. whether again, you went through the event or it's a shared grief or a shared yeah. trauma. They have their own pain too, so it's difficult. Yes, and I discovered early on that it, they also processed it differently than I did. 
when I started to share some of the things that I had gone through during certain traumatic experiences, they didn't process it as well or as quickly as I did, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like I actually shared the trauma with them as if they had experienced it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't talk about this with them you know, because I don't want to hurt them. I don't want them to go through that same trauma with me. So I completely understand having a coach or a therapist in your life. What are some common misconceptions or misunderstandings about overcoming trauma and grief? I think the biggest one that I challenge a lot of clients and just friends and family with is this concept of being like a survivor or a victim or any of these like almost trigger buzzwords. And to me, that's like a huge misconception because with everything, at least I've experienced when I speak to the deaths and um, the trauma that I've gone through, it was completely out of my control. There was nothing I could have done differently that would have prevented that person from breaking into my apartment and having their own apartment. Like there's nothing I could have done differently. These events are not, we're not the victim to them or the survivor of them. They're events that happen in our lives. And I always, you know, I, my take on this that I've talked, I talked to a lot of my coaches about is just, what can you do with that to make you better, to make you stronger, to take you forward? And oftentimes when you're in the thick of it, you're like, that is the worst question you can ask somebody. But that was what I would always tell myself. It's like, I'm only given what I'm strong enough to handle. And while this is miserable and I'll never have answers or reasons why, I turned my pain into purpose. And now I, as a coach, I get to help other people. And if I wouldn't have gone through that experience when I was 19 years old, I maybe would have never become a coach. I maybe would have never gotten help other people and make an impact and a difference on other people's lives. So I encourage people to, while it's not necessarily the thing you can do right away, try and find a way when you can to like find that silver lining or the, your, your purpose, your why, um, see how you can take that pain and that grief and that trauma, whatever it may be, and turn it into something good and fuel it for the better. Because unfortunately we all go through, some type of trauma at some point in our life, some more than others, some more intense than others, and it's out of our control. So I think doing the best we can, instead of saying, you know, oh, I'm a victim and staying in that state, elevating and becoming better and doing better because it not only helps heal yourself, it helps heal others around you too. I agree with that completely. And I also, for me, it was, I went from being a victim to being a survivor, you know, I was like, I'm a survivor. And I claimed that a lot. And then it hit me that essentially, it's like a step above being a victim. But I was I felt like I was attracting more of not exactly more trauma, but more of the same of what I was dealing with, uh, more chaos, the more stress in my life. So I stopped saying I am a survivor and decided to just get rid of the labels and just kind of focus on thriving. And to see myself as thriving in whatever I was doing and my life in general. Because I, I didn't want to be a survivor anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think naming what it is for you. Like there are some people who do like to say they're a survivor or do say they're a victim. I think my biggest thing for it is, is that a positive, do you have a positive connection to that word? Right. So for me, yes. like you, it's, I didn't have a positive connection to survivor or victim. I often have said I'm strong, but for me now, that's also kind of become one of those trigger words where I've been told so many times how strong I am since in the past 12 years Mm -hmm. Um, between those deaths and my own stuff. I can't tell you the number of times people have told me how strong I am. So that's now becoming a trigger word for me. (laughs) But 
it's finding what works for you. There are people, there's plenty of people I meet and encounter and work with who do like to say that they're a survivor and that's okay. And there's no right. And I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to healing, when it comes to growth, when it comes to development, there's no right or wrong. We're all individuals. We all have a different approach and what worked for me may or may not work for someone else. And I I always appreciate that. Yes, that is very important. And the whole thing is, is that your healing journey is all about you and uh, empowering yourself. So if something feels good to you or is feel, resonates with you and feels right to you, then don't listen to what other people say because this is for you. This is your journey. This is your path. This is not their path. So I agree completely. I love that. <laughs> Do you have any key messages that you want to share with those who may be struggling with trauma or grief? to inspire them to move toward healing and growth? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I would share, and it probably sounds phony and corny, but I've been there so I can relate, is it does get better. There is always that light at the end of the tunnel. And don't give up that hope. Don't give up that perseverance. Don't give up that resilience because that's what often keeps you going. That's often what helps you heal that's often what brings you that small sliver of joy in those really, really dark moments. But from someone who truly has been through more than I ever thought I was going to go through in a lifetime, and I'm only 31, it does get better. There is happiness. There is joy. There are great, amazing moments and experiences and memories to be had after those um, traumatic experiences. So don't give up that hope. Definitely. Yes. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for sharing your insight, your wisdom, and your personal stories. I know how hard that can be to open up. So it does show you how strong, resilient, and amazing you are. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Alyssa. Have a good day. You too. joining us on this transformative journey of conscious parenting and intentional living. If you've been inspired by today's episode and want to dive deeper into mindful parenting and personal growth, I invite you to explore the Alchemist Parent Magazine website, where we're redefining relationships and creating a brighter future for both you and your family. This is Elizabeth reminding you to live intentionally and to leave a five-star review a voice message or comment and subscribe to our channel. For a free edition of The Alchemist Parent Magazine, go to thealchemistparentmagazine.com forward slash free. Sending you so much love and light.